The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a Came from the Radio, the official league of Apple This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me virtually distanced, of course, is none other than L-Man, Jenny Feldy. How you doing? So on this week's show, we have another Jay Bird and Lee segment uh, from the Eternal Con. Senior correspondent Charlie Saladino interviews active Butch Patrick. Um, he, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino also has his L.I. Who wrap-up. And at the very same convention, the L.I. Who, he interviews actor Kevin McNally, uh, filmmakers Vanessa Yuli, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize, in advance, and Matthew Jacobs. And he also interviews L.I. Who event organizer and friend of the show, Ken Deep. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin' Time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 27 years of comic book stuff and pop culture-ness. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention, um, actually by the time this airs, the last one went, so the next convention is sometime in 2023. Keep an eye out for more details on the website. And also want to give a shout-out to our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, Rosa, and the Huracan. Want to have your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.camefrenier.com. Around there's a button. Go to our Patreon page. And just wait all month. You get a shout-out on our show. All right. So as we always start off with these sad news, we have, once again, tons and tons of sad news. So much so that I had to cut it. Yeah, more sad news for the next week, next show. Yeah, I told a few people that I was like, "Wow, I wonder what's going on." There. So last last recording that we did, we had twelve, and I split it in half, so we did six. And then this week, you mean? Yes. And then this week, I have another twelve, so I cut it in half again. You know, I'm not I'm not co-signing this. I'm really not. I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist, but I had I think two people say this week that people are like dropping like flies for some reason. It is, it is, it is crazy. I, at least to me, I'm like, man, it's just a lot of a lot of sad news. But yeah. let us let us start, and I will run through these as fast as possible. Uh, actor and football player Brad Williams Hinky H E N K E died recently in his sleep. As of this recording, no official cause of death has been announced. Uh, while appearing in such films as The Assassination of Richard Nixon, Must Love Dogs, Northern Country, Me, You, and Everyone, We Know, uh, World Trade Center, Hollywood Land, Choke, The Space Between, Magic Valley, Struck by Lightning, Pacific Rim, like that movie, Draft Day, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, and Split on the big screen, as well as Nash Bridges Going to California, Judging Amy, Dexter, uh, October Road, Lost, Solving Charlie, Justified, The Bridge, Sneaky Pete, and The New Stand, just name a few. Brad was perhaps best known for his role as a corrections officer, Desi Piscatella, on Orange is the New Black for 26 episodes from 2016 to 2018. Uh, he was 56. Were you familiar with the Orange is the New Black there, Jen? 
Yes. Oh, so he yes. played uh, the corrections officer. Do you remember him by chance? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's Move perfectly on. fine. That's perfectly fine. We're just going to brush through these as fast as possible. So we have still more sad news. Um, actress Nikki Lynn Acox also died recently from leukemia. Uh, Nikki appeared in such movies as The Dog Walker, Crime Punishment in Suburbia, Slap Her, She's French, Jeepers Creepers Part 2, which I saw, X-Files I Want to Believe, which was the second X-Files movie, Joyride 2, Dead Ahead, I believe I saw that one, Christina, and The Employer, just to name a few. On the small screen, Nikki appeared in such shows slash TV movies as USA High, Significant Others, Providence, Cruel Justice, Ed, uh, Momentum, Cold Case, Over There, Supernatural, Dark Blue, Beyond the Blackbird, Profile of Murder, and Dead on Campus, just to name a few. Uh, she was 47 years old. Um, I am familiar yeah. with her work. Uh, How did she a, die, though? A leukemia. Oh, leukemia. Yeah. Oh, boy. So oh, she yeah. was a pretty good actress. I, I remember her distinctly from Ed, and I remember her from other things as well. But I remember her. And the weird thing about it is that there was another actress that I had the hots for. Her name was Nikki Cox. And then it was Nikki A. Cox. And I was like, I always got those two confused yeah. whenever I saw the name because I used to work as many people. No, at Blockbuster, and I saw that name all the time. But yeah, so she was uh, 47 years old. You think it was a real name? She was born with a name? Hey, Cox. You think she was born with that? Or you think she was I'm... like, that would be a great stage name? You know. She was a Christian, it says on her Wikipedia. I don't know if that was her real name, but I would think it is. Because why would you? Well, there was a, a joke um, in Men in Tights that the character's name was Latrine. And they were like, I changed it to Latrine. And they're like, why did you change it to the train? Yeah. Oh, because it was a but. house. <laughs> so maybe that's the case. Hmm. Um, so still well. more sad news. Still more sad news. Um, actor Andrew Lewis Prine, P-R-I-N-E, also died recently of natural causes. In his over 50-year career, Andrew appeared in such films as <gasps> The Miracle Worker, Devil's Brigade, Along Came a Spider, Lost Flight, Simon, King of the Witches, Vampire Women, the original Wonder Woman TV movie, Grizzly, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, Abe Lincoln, Freedom Fighter, Emmyville Part 2, The Possession, Chill Factor, Deadly Exposure Without Evidence, The Boy with the X-ray Eyes, Witch House Part 2, Blood Cove, Hell to Pay, Treasure of the Black Jaguar, The Beyond the Farthest Star, just to name a few. On the small screen, Andrew appeared in such shows as Dr. Kildare, The Virginian, W.E.B., Donner Pass, The Road to Survival, Mind of a Murder, A Small Kindling, V, the original miniseries, and V, the final battle, just to name a few. Um, he was 86 years old. Once again, I remember V vividly. It was, a, it was an event to see. And I remember him uh, being, I think he was like the, the third guy in charge of, of the aliens. Did you ever watch V? No. Should I? I think it was a very good social commentary. Um, so the story goes that the guy who created V... It was about, you know, aliens coming to the planet. And actually, they stole the... Did you ever watch uh, Independence Day, ID4? Yeah. So yeah. they stole that idea with the giant ships coming in from mm. V. They, they did that first. It was a TV oh, series. And it was, a big, okay. it was a big thing at the time. But the, the guy who created it, he wanted to do a story about the, the Jewish Nazi camp. And then they were like, you're never going to be able to make a series about this. So he turned them into aliens. And so oh, then it was okay. So it was like a sci-fi type thing, a very good social commentary. They made a sequel, which he wasn't a part of. And then uh, I think he left halfway through of the, the, the second part, which was the final battle. But the actual V um, series was pretty darn good. 
Well, there might be a lot of truth to it because I'm technically Jewish. I don't really, you know, buy into all of it too much. But I am technically, and I think eight people have said I'm an alien. So uh, maybe Jews and aliens uh, are very similar. Or, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't the Nazis that were the aliens. The the Not Nazis the, the Nazis were the aliens and the humans were the Jews. That was in the, Oh yes, I've never commentary. been accused of being a Nazi. So <laughs> well, that's good. That's you know that's that's a pretty good bar to to live by. Don't be considered a Nazi. Yeah, but I'm a big fan of Kanye and I want to be like him. So if he's being called a Nazi, <laughs> maybe I should be too. Okay, <laughs> you want you want to do that? That's perfectly fine. Yeah, so, yeah it's a big deal. Like, what would Kanye do? You know. I'm not. I'm not going to take the bait because we have so much, <laughs> so much sad news to go through. Smart. That was a little <laughs> bit of a test, by the way. So you passed it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're um, welcome. So more, more, more sad news. Award-winning singer and actress Irene Cara also died recently, and as of this recording, no cause of death has been released. In addition to being most famous for well. Um, Irene also appeared in such films as Aaron Loves Angela, Sparkle, Killing Him Softly, DC Cap, which I loved, Cajun Paradiso, the animated films, Happily Ever After, Beauty and the Beast, Magic Boys, and The Hunchback of Notre Dame, just to name a few. She was 63. Were you a uh, Irene Cara fan, fame, and um, uh, what yeah. a feeling from Flashdance? Sure, yeah. She gave me some feelings when I heard that song. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. I mean, she was a an icon at the time. Like that was, it was such a big hit that movie was. And the thing was, I don't think I ever actually seen the movie Fame, but I know of it, and the, the song is iconic. So it's kind of sad that uh, she died. Well, it's kind of sad everybody dies. And uh, they so, still don't know it's uh, no yeah, cause yet. No cause as of this recording, which is December the seventh of uh, twenty twenty two. So let's see. We got so more to go. So even more sad news. Filmmaker Albert Payun, or P-Y-U-N, Payun, also died recently. Albert had a slew of B-movies, some of which are The Sword and the Sorcerer, which I remember, uh, Radioactive Dreams, Down Twisted, Cyborg, which I remember, uh, Captain America, not that one, uh, Blood Match, Kickboxer Part 2 and Part 4, Doll Man, Brain Smasher, A Love Story, Adrenaline, Fear the Rush, Crazy Six, Urban Menace, Max, Havoc, Curse of the Dragon, Left for Dead, The Interrogation of Cheryl Cooper, Interstellar Civil War, as well as Nemesis Parts 1, 2, 3, and 4, just name a few. Um, of note, while no official cause has been announced, it has been previously reported that Albert had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and dementia. He was 69. Um, I've yeah. seen a couple of those movies. Like He was like like a Roger Corman type deal. Like He just made some really bad, good um, sci-fi, sword and sorcery, fantasy type movies. Yeah, sounds like goals. Sounds like he loved the craft of it. I mean, you don't do those movies for the payday necessarily only, you know, not saying he didn't get paid. Right, very true. But he must have had a quirky personality in real life, I, I would, would imagine. I would imagine so. Like, you can, you have to be a certain type of person to make a certain type of movie. I bet you he wasn't a mean guy. I'd be surprised if I heard that people said, oh, he's a monster on set. He's a prima donna. From all his pictures, the pictures of his dog, I just get the sense that he was probably a nice guy and people like being around him. So I don't know. Call in now if I'm wrong. If you have some horror <laughs> stories about the guy, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> so still, still more sadness. I got two more to go. So actor, Clarence, Clarence? 
Clarence Darnell Gilliard Jr., sometimes credited as Clarence A. Gilliard, also died recently after a long illness. While perhaps best known for his role as Conrad Masters on 85 episodes of the series Matlock, which ran from, from, not the series, but he was on from 1989 to 1993, and that of James Jimmy Trevette on 196 episodes of the Chuck Norris series Walker, Texas Ranger, as well as Steele, the computer expert in the first Die Hard film, Clarence also appeared in such movie-slash-TV shows as Top Gun, Karate Kid Part 2, Left Behind the Movie, and a sequel, Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force. I guess they kept on leaving them behind. Uh, Little Monsters, From Above, The Beast, Perfect Race, Chips, The Duck Factory, Solomon's Universe, The Great Los Angeles Earthquake, and Christmas on the Coast, just to name a few. Um, If you ever saw Die, you ever saw Die Hard there, Jen? Yeah, uh, actually, I only saw one of the sequels. No. You never saw the original Die Hard? No. Okay. No, I know. So, So are you aware of Walker, Texas Ranger? That would be the next big thing. Oh, but yeah, I'm aware of his face. Oh, it's okay. Familiar, but I can't. Yeah. I can't quote him. So it's weird yeah. because I did not know that the guy from the Die Hard film was the same guy who was in the Chuck Norris series. Because when I first saw the show, he was like a scrawny guy, but then he buffed mm-hmm. up because he was with Chuck Norris, and so he kind of looked a little different. So like I couldn't put the two and two together. That was the same actor until I read this. I was like, holy crap! I didn't know it's the same guy. Yeah, extra body weight will really like even Chappelle. There was one time I saw Chappelle and I was like, "Is that really the same guy?" Because people people say Chappelle was just you know killed and it's a clone now, and it's like he was a real skinny little nothing, and now he's a kind of a diesel guy. And I look at him like, "You sure is that the same guy?" You're not the first person to mention that, but that, yeah, he that Chappelle's he, a clone. Yeah, that he that I to me like that someone's mentioned that to me it's like that's not oh, the same guy because he was he's all skinny guy. He disappeared and all of a sudden he's kind of buff and you know yeah yeah it's weird. So uh, he was 66. All right. So finally, finally, we made it to the last bit of sad news. Oh, God. Actor Albert Michael Strobel also died recently. And as once again, as of this recording, no cause has been announced. While appearing in a handful of movies, Albert was perhaps best known for his Philip Michael Gerard, a.k.a. Mike, on a various Twin Peaks movies and TV series from the 90s, as well as his uh, revival in 2017. Um, of note, Albert lost his left arm at the shoulder as a result of a car crash. He, car crash he sustained when he was only 17 years old, so he was acting with only one arm. Uh, he was 82. Were you a fan of um, the the Twin Peaks series? Uh, you know what? I only saw maybe two episodes, and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to get out of it. Uh, so far, I was very bored. <laughs> I felt cold and bored. And does it speed up at all after episode two? Like... I've never seen it, so I can't even say. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really want to because a lot of people who produce and direct and are in film, I just look at this guy like such a, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I'm they sorry. say yeah, he no. has an, uh, a unique eye, but I've never, I've never seen. So let's see. So that's it for the sad news, but we do have a sad news follow-up uh, department. So as previous uh, reported on our show, actress Anne Hayes had died from injuries sustained from a car accident. Right. At the time, it was heavily rumored that she was under the influence of, quote-unquote, illicit substances, which led to the crash. Turns out that the final autopsy report has been released, and there was no alcohol uh, detected, and any drugs in her system were administered from the hospital, and that the official oh. cause of death is inhalation and thermal injuries due to Anne being stuck in her car for around 30 minutes before she was rescued by first responders. 
Uh, for those of you who don't know or care for that matter, and was hospitalized immediately following the crash. She went into a coma and was declared brain dead days later, but was kept on life support so her organs could be donated. So no drugs, no alcohol in her system. She just See, that's horrible because I'm sure, you know, my tone of voice whenever I talked about it, which wasn't too much, <laughs> you know, on this show and other people, they probably referred to her as a drug addict or that she really needed help. And and maybe she did. You know, we don't know which what her life was like other than this day. Right. But on this test, she didn't have alcohol and drugs in her system. And, you know, that's really sad that she goes off kind of being painted as a loser, you know. Yeah, they, they, I remember it was a big thing. And that's why I always like to say you have to make sure it's, it's, it's listed as rumored and you have to wait until the facts come out before you can, you know, make your final judgment. And this is one of those cases where it was like everybody's like, yeah, yeah, drugs, the way she was peeing, blah, blah. But this is a final autopsy. So there you have it. The only thing is, I mean, she did. Wasn't she drive her car into someone's house? Isn't that what she, happened? She hit. Uh, I think she hit someone's house, but she was uh, caught speeding like super fast in like a right. like a door like a door camp. So who knows what so, was going on with her? Maybe or what the car was in her life. Recall. Maybe she you was suicidal. <laughs> maybe it was a mistake. But the thing is, this is what I'm also thinking too with the drugs and alcohol. Because you know me, I don't trust anything. So it's like, oh, they're saying about drugs and alcohol. It's only from the hospital. But here's, I'll give you a quick little story. Uh, a friend of mine had a huge party, and she could have gotten in trouble for it. And the mo- the parents were away. Okay, and then about a month later, we threw another party, but the mom was home, and now things were broken at the first party, and uh... things, but the mom didn't discover them till after the second party. So, uh, you know, all the things that happened the first part were covered up by the second party. So perhaps drugs and alcohol might've been in Anhesha's system, but they were covered up by the drugs that the hospital has given her. That you know? is also a possibility, but you yeah. never know. You never know. Only, only one that? person knows. And that person is like longer me. with us. Yeah. Well, RIP either way. So that's it for the sad news, and we're going to move to the not as sad and slash happy news uh, from the that's a lot of nuts department. The that's new little... Black Panther sequel has held on to the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in an additional seventeen point five million dollars in ticket sales in its fourth week of release, beating out the new David Harbor uh, slash John Leguizamo Christmas film Violent Night, which came in at number two with thirteen million dollars. For those of you keeping track, the new Top Gun sequel is still the highest grossing film of 2022 with $717 million, followed by the Doctor Strange sequel with $411 million. The aforementioned Black Panther is at number three with $394 million, and Violent Night comes in at 56. Um, I actually saw uh, Violent Night at New York Comic Con. I, was, I managed to, to get into an exclusive screening, and now that it's out, I can say what I thought of the movie, which was yeah, tell us. it was super violent. It was super over the top, super ridiculous. It was funny, but it had some some logical loopholes that was like had like a very Hollywood ending. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. But I, I gave it a pass because the rest of the movie was pretty darn good. So I, I would get like a seven, eight about how that movie was. Is it funny? It is funny. It has a lot of funny parts in it. It, it like I said, it kind of petered out towards the end. But the the bulk of the movie basically. He plays Santa Claus, like the real Santa Claus. Gotcha. And it's like Die Hard with Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, that sounds super interesting. And he's I, using—I I just played Santa Claus on a show. Yeah, on you my told own me. version. So yeah. he's using Santa Claus powers, like he's the real Santa Claus, and everybody doesn't um, believe he's really Santa Claus, and he's trying to save a family from terrorists, and he's killing them in the most brutally possible ways. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. It kind of sounds like a similar vibe as Cocaine Bear that's coming out soon. It's that kind of vibe, you know, real crazy, over the top, tiger blood, you know, Charlie Sheen type stuff. Yes. And and that's like, if you go in, because I didn't know what the movie was about. I just heard it was a free movie and I got my press credentials to get in. So I'm like, let me see what this is about. And I'm like, oh my God, he they, he's really Santa. And if you buy into that, the rest of the movie is going to be nuts because it's, it's like a, a really uh, begrudging Santa. It's really good. It. It's very violent. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds pretty great. Yeah. yeah but it sounds a lot better than Wakanda, which I'm going to do a review. You I keep on like hinting it. at it, but I have yet to receive oh, that, that file. See. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's see. We have a few minutes. Left, so let me see if I want to do this. One. All right. I let got me three do this pages one. of notes on how much I hate the movie. So <laughs> wow, a lot right. happening. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's still six hours of my life. <laughs> all so, right. So I'm never going to get that back. <laughs> we, so let's never. see. From the We Got the International Market Covered Department. Um, Disney and 20th Century Studios has announced that Avatar Part 2 will be released in China as well as other international markets on the same day as early reports state that the film needed to be – oh, no, this came up from my notes – as the film needed to make more than $2 billion worldwide just to break even. As the what? estimates have the film costing $350 to $400 million to make – which does not include marketing costs. They always say marketing is like three times the budget. Uh, for oh. those of you not paying attention or care for that matter, the original Avatar, which came out in 2009, pulled in $2.92 billion worldwide, of which $261 million came from China. Um, also, releasing it on the same day will, quote, potentially limit any damage caused by piracy. Um, it's, it's weird because we're in a today and time where it's, it's all about instant gratification. You know, it's mm-hmm. that first weekend box office results. Um, this movie could be good and it can have legs, but now they want to make sure everybody sees it right away. And that's the problem of the the studios themselves because they make it that you have to see this movie first off. And if you don't see it, you're going to miss out, which everybody goes to social media and talks all about it, ruining the movie the first minute it's out. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just enjoying the movie and letting it build an audience and letting it make the money long way. They want that fast cash. And now it's biting themselves in the butt because this movie has to make a minimum of $2 billion just to break even. I, I can't imagine having it's It's like getting married, spending a hundred thousand on the wedding and be like, all right, uh, you know, we got, we got a couple of years left to make this back or something. Or, or, we can try to make it back in gifts. Go. I, <laughs> that was a terrible analogy, but <laughs> the whole, I mean, just, this breaks my brain. My brain is broken right now. I mean, how could you spend that much money on a movie? What? And, you know, the first movie, it wasn't that great. It was just the right place, right time. And remember, it was a 3D movie, so it was making 3D money as well. So that kind of helped the the numbers exceed the ticket sales. And it lasted, I think, like seven weeks at number one. So, it, you know, it took a while to get there. But for them to expect an, an opening of a worldwide of what the first one made over its entire long uh, linger- length, length of its entire length of the show being out in theaters it's it's crazy beyond comprehension to me i don't think it's going to happen not to be negative sorry guys like what oh so let's see we have so speaking honestly of- i'm just a little bit better because <laughs> avatar reminds me of wakanda 
And I but, oh sorry. Oh my god! It's been a long time. I'm sorry that Black Panther <laughs> two movie really riles me up. I'm and sorry, editor. Say, anything that reminds me of that movie, I just hate it. And Avatar <laughs> looks all the water and stuff. It reminds me of Black Panther too. So I'm very spicy, angry. I lost six hours of my life. I'm never going to get it back. I'm sorry for cursing. <sighs> it's been several months, so I'm sorry. So, final bit of news. <laughs> Finally, from the <laughs> public domain now Disney department, Jagged Edge Productions, the creators of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which sees Pooh and Piglet turning feral after being abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin, has announced an incredibly dark retelling of the 1982 story of Bambi called Bambi the Reckoning. Filmmaker says, Bambi will be a vicious killing machine that lurks in the wilderness. Prepare oh. for Bambi on rabies. <laughs> Bambi the Reckoning uh-huh. is planned for release around Valentine's Day 2023. Um, I actually got to see a trailer for the uh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. It's ridiculous. And because you know copyright laws are what it is, the, they can use the original uh, source material and make something out of that, which is why there's tons of Sherlock Holmes things. So now it's going to be Tons of Winnie the Pooh ripoffs and and homages and based off of that original story, and I can have a horror movie. So now, just because Bambi, of the timing, yeah, because I think it's you get a certain amount of years before it becomes public domain, and anybody can make stories wow. based off the original thing. So while Disney still owns the cartoon and whatever, the mm. original source material, anybody can make a story of that as long as they use only the stuff in the source material. And so it there you have like it. Sounds like it's going to be like Where Deer. Where Deer is a movie coming out. Acquaintances of mine, I interviewed them, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's like a crazy deer. So, so you got Where similar. Deer, cocaine mm-hmm. bears, right? What else, mm-hmm, what else mm-hmm. you got coming out? All these animals. I wonder why is it all now? Why is it all coming out now? Well, maybe it's because this is what people had pent up during the the pandemic. So now they're they're, they're trying to do that. Ooh. So would you see Bamb- a, a rabid Bambi? All around? the above. I will, I, oh, I'm going to spend my entire winter. I'm just going to watch Rabbit Bambi, a crazy were deer. I'm a I'm a were tiger, a tiger babe. So I'm one of those people are going to watch that. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. When is that coming out? 2023, sometime. Definitely okay. a lot of editing. Yeah, okay. it's going to be cool though. It's going to be real. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Like I've, I, I, I've seen the the behind be the scenes stuff, and I'm like, I, I think I want to watch this movie. And it's a trauma movie, right? It's trauma, and uh, it's not boring, and in a lot of ways, it's well done and creative and witty, and the the director, Brandon Basin, he taught at UCB, so he's really well-versed in improv and joke writing. Yeah, he's a very gifted guy with comedy, so yeah. All right. So cool. Cocaine Bear, just to be a lot of animals. That's the whole year. So final thought. We're out of time, so final thought for the segment. Bring out the animal in yourself and go after what you want. Because if you're just complacent and you're not an animal, you're going to be like me the last two days and you're not going to get that much done. So be more of an animal. That's my goal for tomorrow. All right. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. 
Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about The Dirty Dozen with special guest, Riley. Hello. Are you considered a special guest anymore, or because you've been on a lot of our shows? Yeah, still, I'm just a guest. You're just a guest now? Yeah. You're not so special? Yeah. Oh, all right, fine. Do you want us to change the name of the show since you've been on it so long? No, I'll just say special guest. Oh, oh, now you're a special guest, before you were just a guest. You could just say VIP guest. Oh, okay. Maybe next time I'll say VIP guest, okay? Mm. All right, so today we're talking about what movie? The Dirty Dozen. Yes, starring Lee Marvin, Charles Bronson, right? And Posey. Posey? (laughs) I don't remember his name, but yes, he was in it too. Uh, He was an old... um, and, And who else was in it? There was so many... Oh, Donald Sutherland was in it, and Ernest Borgnine, and a whole bunch of other dudes, uh, Nick Cassavetes, who's um, considered one of the best uh, underground filmmakers, or indie filmmakers back in the day. Anyway, tell me what you thought about The Dirty Dozen. Great movie. Okay, that's all you have to say about it? What was it about? Can you tell us what it was about? It's an old movie, it's from like 1968 or something. 1967. Oh, okay, so there you go, you even know better than I do. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. What is your favorite movie of all time? I don't know. It's either that one, The Magnificent Seven. Or? Or um, The Great Escape, Flash Gordon. I don't know. I have a whole bunch. I said favorite movie, not favorites. I can't help. I get this, you know, the number one spot's never really taken. So it's all like, they're all tied or something. Yeah, Godfather's my favorite. Well, we're going to talk about that another day. Today, The Dirty Dozen. Okay. Yep. What do we, uh, what, what was it about? Can you tell me? Uh, well, it was mostly about um, these prisoners who are were trained to be uh, military soldiers to fight, uh, uh, fight the some of the Nazis during a party in, in World War Two. Yes, yeah. So basically, it, if most people have not seen this movie, it is about twelve prisoners sentenced to either death. Or 20, 30 years plus uh, uh, work you have to do. Hard labor, they call yeah, it. Yeah, hard right? labor. Right, and they were offered, basically, if they do this mission with the major... They'll leave. slice a couple years off your sentence. I think they were going to be go free. Uh-huh. You know, Well, they definitely weren't going to be hanged or whatever, but it was basically a suicide mission. So what was one of your favorite parts of the movie? Uh, Probably... Um, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? How about the part where they were um, doing the flag game? Basically, capture the flag. So they had to be either a red team or blue team. Oh, yeah, that was a good part. And they kept, like, changing their, like, flags. They kept on changing the flags to get behind enemy lines, right? So that was a lot of fun for you? Yeah, that's probably the best part. So, who were your favorite characters in the movie? Posey. Posey? He was a really strong guy with a soft voice, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was just a nice guy. And pro- Yeah, and probably Major. The Major, Lee Marvin, yeah, that guy was awesome in the movie. Did you like the second guy? Um, uh, it was uh, George... No, not George. Charles Bronson? Who's that guy? He was, was, was kind of like the guy who knew how to speak German. Do you remember? No, you don't remember him. But I also like that military police that was like with the major. You know, oh, you like the military guy? police? Oh, so you like the good guys in a way, right? Like the 
the major. I mean, yeah, I know you like Posey. Posey was your favorite. So, how, what was your? Um, were you happy that uh, that they were they got out? Or they tried to get out of it. Oh, Jim Brown was in it too, the football player. He was the guy who threw the grenades in the in the. You don't remember that at all. I don't understand how you're not remembering this is one of your favorite movies. No, it's a good movie. It's a good movie? Alright, so would you watch it again? Yeah. Yeah? You know there's, I think, like, two of them for sure. Three. I think there's three. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, you know. Is that the first one? That was the first one we saw. Alright, so would you recommend it? Yeah. Alright. You know, we are on radio. You should speak a little bit more. No? Okay, you're going to keep quiet? I said all right. Oh, okay. All right. Well, stay healthy, stay connected, and was there anything else? Yeah, stay safe. All right. Have a good day. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from Came From the Radio. I'm here and honored to be here with uh, one of the iconic figures of the 60s and a groundbreaking uh, TV sitcom, The Munsters. I'm here with Butch Patrick, who played Eddie. Eddie Munster. Butch, how are you? Wait a minute. I thought you were looking for Scooby-Doo. Oh, he's here, too. No, that's a little older. That's a little young for me. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, we're the same age. I'm like uh, in your category. How did it feel to be in such a groundbreaking uh, show? Well, you know, The Munsters was a very unusual looking show on paper. And then when we got into production, it even became uh, weirder and better in a very good way. Um, the family unit became not Frankenstein, Gra- Dracula, and Vampire. It became Herman, Grandpa, and Lily. Very lovable family unit that did to this day is probably one of the most, um, I guess, most loving family valued shows you could ever have. You know, strong character. We all had dinner together. I was happy to just be part of it. Now, did you know your TV mom was such a golden uh, film age icon, Yvonne DiCarlo? Not at first. My mom educated me to that. Uh, it was funny because like, when I did A Year of the Real McCoys prior to The Munsters, my mom had to educate me to Walter Brennan. And, you know, was, you know three, three Academy Awards. I knew Richard Crenna, you know, from my Miss Brooks, but I had no idea Walter Brennan was such a star. So I was very lucky to work with a lot of great people. I was uh, so jealous of you because we were the same age when that show, and I just wanted to live in that house so bad. I wanted a feed spot, you know, everything. Um, how, um, how was your co-workers, Al Lewis, Fred Gwynn? They were all wonderful people. It was a great place for a kid to be. They all had kids about my age, uh, so it was a nice, kid-friendly set. The people that produced it had done Leave it to Beaver, so the scripts were very kid-friendly. And I had the Universal Studio at my disposal whenever I had a little free time to go explore. It was a kid's dream. All right, Butch, let's let's go up to date. What's, what's happening in your world now? Well, 
um, most people in the Munster world, Rob Zombie's got a new Munsters movie that's coming out that everybody's talking about. I actually was allowed now, I've, I've known about my participation in it for quite a while, obviously, but I, w- I wasn't allowed to talk about it. But two days ago, Rob announced me to be, uh, I have a distinct uh, character called Tin Can Man, which is one of the episodes of the Munsters. I'm the voice of a character that's in the pretty pivotal, pr- pretty pivotal, pivotal, excuse me, uh, part in the movie, so I'm very excited about that. But I go around the country, I do a lot of um, marketing and promotions. I'm a gearhead. Uh, we're standing next to the number one Dragula. I actually have my own Dragula. I have my own Munster coach. So I keep on the road, and uh, I got a YouTube channel coming up called All Things Munsters, and I also have one called Coach to Coast, which features me driving my Munster coach around the country and meeting people. And social media, if anything? Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you know, The Real Butch Patrick. You'll find me. If you just go to Munsters.com, it's the easiest way to find me and then spread yourself to everything else I'm doing. Butch Patrick, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. And uh, much success with all this stuff. And, like, so iconic. I can't believe I'm talking to you. But anyway, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio, and we are live at the L.I. Who Con in uh, 2022. And I am here with some special guests, and I'm just turning the mic over to them because they have a special announcement for all Doctor Who fans everywhere. Here we go. Uh, hi, my name is Vanessa Yule, and this is... I'm Matthew Jacobs. And uh, we did a documentary called uh, Doctor Who Am I, which is uh, follows uh, Matthew Jacobs, who wrote The Eighth Doctor, and we follow him back into the American uh, Doctor Who fandom. And uh, we're co-directors as the editor, and Matthew, you take it away? And, uh, and we co-produced it. It's very much an independent film. Most films are sort of born of ambition. This one is born of friendship. And we uh, made this film in in 2015, 16, and 17 was when we were shooting, roughly. Um, and then we, and then a long time pulling it together through the pandemic and launched it at the beginning of this year. And it's going to be in theaters, hopefully next year in, in America, released by Gravitas. That's been announced recently. So you should look out for it. Um, yes, check it out. Uh, it's uh, been a, a labor of love for the both of us. Truly independent production. Um, and so far, uh, fans seem to really be connecting with it because it's about them and it's for them. It's for the American Doctor Who fans. And um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. We had a screening here. It was a packed house. And we it, it was just overwhelming for the both of us to, feel, to hear the response from everyone. So the fact that American audiences get to see it, we're just, we're over the moon. So. 
Guys, thank you so much. This is huge. This is huge news for Doctor Who fans. And I want to wish you all the luck in the world with this. And um, just, uh, I can't wait to see this. So, guys, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. It came from the radio. Hey, this is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio, live at the Doctor Who L.I. Who Meglos 2022. Back to you, Mark. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. This is correspondent Charlie Saladino with It Came From The Radio, live at the L.I. Who Meglos 2022 Con. I am here with, and I cannot tell you how honored I am to be with this gentleman. He's a great actor, seasoned actor. He is in so many, so many films, has so many projects. Kevin McNally. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you're welcome. It's an honor for me to be here. Thank you. Kevin, you're, you have so many films. Your debut film was The Spy Who Loved Me, if, if I'm correct. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And you can imagine as a 19-year-old who just left drama school, I was pretty darned excited. Actually, I think I just turned 20 when I did it. And I got to work with the great Roger Moore and uh, get a, get a wonderful, wonderful first film credit. Right now, you're here at the L.I. Who because you were in you were in the Doctor Who series. Tell everyone uh, what that series was. Well, uh, I first appeared in Doctor Who in 1984 in uh, the very first episode of uh, Colin Baker's incarnation as Doctor Who, The Twin Dilemma. Um, I then had the great honor last year of being asked back after 38 years or something to, to do um, the, the uh, episodes Flux with Jodie Whittaker. So it was really nice to come back and, and do it again. All right, now let's talk about let's talk about Pirates of uh, the Caribbean, that franchise, which is uh, oh my God, I don't know what they're up to now. What is it, four or five movies? Uh, five. We've done five movies so far. Right. Now you you play uh, uh, with Johnny Depp, and what a magnificent role that is. It's. It's a role that you learn to love this this gentleman. Well, I hope so. I mean, it, um, I really enjoyed the part from the moment I first read it. Um, and, you know, he's sort of a father figure, a, a, a guiding light to, to Jack Sparrow. And uh, I, I know from coming to conventions like this that there are all those people who grew up with Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Caribbean do hold Josh and me in, in with great affection. And, I, and I'm very grateful for that. Now, let me ask you, what do you think of, of this whole Doctor Who thing, this convention, this whole phenomenon that is Doctor Who? What do you think about it? And, and uh, you know, is it, is it amazing to you or just what? Well, it's amazing to me that I can remember at the age of 
107 uh, sitting down in front of the television on a Saturday night after being out shopping with my mother and this program coming on and thinking what's this and here I am now past retirement age and it's more popular than it's ever been um, that's a pretty amazing thing and that's why I say I'm honored to be a part of it because you know things are so transitory nowadays that something as long-lived and as loved as this is a wonderful thing yeah now I just want everyone out there to know this gentleman that I'm actually sitting with is such an amazing season actor. I just want everybody to know your projects that that you have. What 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 have we seen you in, and what are you doing now? Well, uh, I just did a, a wonderful um, series about uh, which is coming out at the end of the year about a, a, a true scandal that happened in British politics in the 70s, and I get to play the then Prime Minister Harold Wilson. I've just done a rather secret project which is a, a, an American movie which is a prequel to a, a very famous 60s horror film uh, I've just been in the, an episode of the last season of Endeavour which mystery fans will murder mystery fans will know is a, a cop show in England and then at the beginning of next year I'm going to be um, filming in England and Malta for the second season of uh, the Alex Ryder series which is a wonderful series of books about uh, for those who know it about uh, teen spies so uh, I'm busier than ever and very grateful for it. Let me ask you something. I'm exhausted listening to you. How did you find time for this convention? Uh, well, I, I was. It was. Uh four conventions came together and I was going to take a bit of time off between jobs and then I thought nah I'll go and I'll go and do these I like to travel I like to meet people so the convention circuit is great for me because it, it ticks all my boxes well Kevin I want to thank you so much for your time let me ask you about your social media where people could see you where people could see your projects uh, well if you look at on um, Facebook I'm uh, ex Kevin McNally uh, I have the blue tick still free at the moment. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Gex Kevin McNally, and the same thing on um, Instagram. Kevin, thank you so much for taking time. It is an honor that you took time and talked to us, and uh, I wish you continued success, and we'll be, uh, I'm sure we'll be watching you. Thank you. I appreciate that. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. Back to you, Mark. Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to my boys on It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio, live at the L.I. Who Meglos 2022. What a great convention this is, and it's all due to the gentleman I have here, Mr. Ken Deep, the showrunner. Ken, how are you? I'm very well, Charlie. How are you? A little slice of heaven. I am so enjoying this uh, convention. I'm, I'm getting into it uh, because, I, you know, I am a big fan of Doctor Who, so this is like one of my favorite conventions. How are things going? I'm, I'm finding this convention to be running very smoothly, but I'm not the showrunner, so let me know all the dirt. No, no, everything is running smoothly, surprisingly so for, uh, you know, you've so many moving parts. But uh, it's been exciting. We've had a good turnout. Very exciting year for us. And we're back, actually, in 2023 for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. We're back on 
the same property, the Holiday Inn in Holtzville, but it will be in August next year, August 18th, 19th, and 20th. So we're moving to a summer show for one year, and um, and we're pretty excited about that because we're getting we'll have the ability to do some things a little bit differently, being at a summertime, maybe a few outdoor things. Yeah, and I have to say it's it's a bit windy <laughs> out there, but that doesn't matter because once you get in here, it's a a whole new world. I find that. This is, it's the flow of this is, is very smooth. You're very organized with the photo ops, with the signing, with where you, you position the, the talent and everything like that. And you have some great names this year. Um, how, how, um, how do you feel about that, that, that this is all going so great? Yeah, well, you know, this isn't a giant Comic-Con. It's a fan-run Doctor Who convention, we cap out at about 500 people. So it's it's just about the right size. Enough people to make it financially successful that we can do it. But it isn't so many where that you're being pushed around like in a cattle pen. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I started a new thing calling my photo studio No Rush Photo Ops. Because you're not just shoved through. You, you step in, you have a minute to settle yourself, pick a nice pose, stuff like that. And you you have time at my event to to meet the actors and meet the, the, your heroes and spend a little time chatting with them and whatnot. And, and we have a great community here. People meet friends from all over the country. Yeah. They call themselves the once-a-year friends, some of them, who yeah. only see each other when they get together here. It's great. I love that kind of community. It's why I do it, because every dollar I make, I pour back into the convention. It's, it's not like I've got a helipad or anything. You actually answered my next question, which was um, the photo ops, because people are rushed in like cattle, uh, like you have. A, and I noticed with this, thank God, because I just I'm doing a photo. But uh, this I've noticed people gathering. They're saying hello and everything like that. And how are you accomplishing that with the amount of people doing the photo? Ops? Well, it's it, it's down to the fact that the, the convention caps out at a maximum of 500 people. So with 500 people, it's easy to calculate how long certain things will take. Now there's always, you know, there's always some X factors. And yesterday, our very popular fifth doctor in costume photo shoot ran a little long, but we accommodated, you know, sometimes that happens. The other thing is that um, we just, we just know that we take it easy when something goes wrong. That's that's one of the things you try to do. It doesn't always work. Sometimes you get frustrated. But but um, overall, you have to roll with not everything will be perfect. And if you take yeah. that attitude, then you're flexible in, in yeah. adjusting yourself. Yeah. And, and it's a very easy convention. It's not where you're... It's not you don't sense any tension, any that you have to rush here, you have to rush there. Like I said, the flow is is amazing. Um and how how much work does it take to get this weekend going? It's it's a year round process and uh, uh one of my um one of the things I always say about this, uh, it's, it's like my the line I repeat over and over again. Some people join a bowling league or a darts league or something like that. My friends and I run a convention. So for the next 51 weeks, or, well, less because we're doing it in August, but you know, from now till August, my friends and I will be getting together planning the next one. That's what we do for our hobby. That's what we do in our spare time because we enjoy seeing people have a good time. And 
when I see them again in a couple weeks when we get together to, to sit down after this one, we'll be discussing all the cool things that we saw. Yeah. Did you see this person? We, we had a, a wedding, uh, a marriage proposal yesterday. You know, and that's really nice. Yeah. Someone, someone thought, thought so highly of what we do here and, the, and that the, the atmosphere is so warm that this is where they wanted to, yeah. you know, to pop the question. Well, like I said, it's it's one of my favorite, favorite conventions. I've been watching Doctor Who. You know I always bug you about this. I've been watching Doctor Who for since the Baker years, since they, they sent it to this country. And to see all the 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 companions that you get to show up at this convention, it's just a thrill for me because the last time I saw them was on the screen. Yeah. And now I'm sitting with them, I'm talking to them, I'm interviewing them. Yeah. It's it's crazy and, and it's a big thrill and it must be an amazing thrill for you because you get to hobnob with these people. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the thrills is to, is to have uh my heroes come to my home. And when I mean, when I say my home, I mean Long Island. Long Island is my home. So when they come to Long Island, they're coming to our home uh, as Long Islanders. And that's a great thrill, absolutely, to, yeah. to think that, wow, yeah. they came to Holtzville of all places. You know, yeah. but here they were. The doctor was here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank I, you. I know, like the the house, like Samantha and uh, David. Yeah. It's it's like amazing that they're going to Manhattan tomorrow. Yeah. They came out to Little Long Island tonight, and uh, I don't know if you saw the movie that they made from uh, Samantha's book, but it was incredible. No, I have I still haven't seen it. I bought the DVD and I kind of sit down and watch it because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a little overdue on that. But yeah. it's you know there's only 24 hours in the day, yeah. unfortunately. That's all right. You had a, a couple of things. To do before you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But anyway, um, on a personal note, before I ask you for all your uh, social media and stuff, on a personal note, we've been doing this, I've been doing this convention for years, and just a big thank you for your hospitality and that you give our show, and uh, it is just amazing, and it means a lot to us, and uh, you'll you'll see the fun when I post my pictures. Cool. Uh, in fact, I posted a couple already. Yeah. Uh, so a big thank you from me and from the show and uh, now your social media well for the convention it's longislanddoctorwho.com all spelled out if you want to go to our website longislanddoctorwho.com yeah. and from there there's um, buttons to click for Facebook and Instagram and all the various social medias and that's usually if you just look up Li Who or Long Island Doctor Who you'll find us we're out there yeah. And I'm and I'm Ken I'm at Ken Deep just about everywhere as well. Yeah. Uh, you know I don't I don't have a particularly personal page. Most of my stuff is all my geeky goodness. Yeah. So yeah. All right, Ken. Listen, thank you so much. I know you're busy. Thank you for thank taking you. the time, and uh, we will uh, see you hopefully in the summer. Yes. We'll and uh, just uh, once again, thank you for the hospitality. Thank you very much. This is Charlie Saladino, live at L.I. Who Meglos 2022. And now back to you, Mark. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio with the 2022 L.I. Who Meglos Convention Wrap-Up. 
I must say, I was very, very pleased with this convention. The fans were great. Uh, vendors were amazing. Um, most of them sold mostly Doctor Who products, and the fans were thrilled with that, And uh, as I. <laughs> and um, also, we had... Uh, a lot of great people there. Mr. Pop and Twist was making an, his amazing creations for the fans and for the talents, which the talent was very impressed with uh, his creations. As we know, Mr. Pop and Twist is a balloon artist, and uh, that was great. Then, of course, we had the talent, which was all the companions that usually um, show up. And then a couple of uh, new uh, companions, uh, companions being the um, actors and actresses who traveled with the um, many incarnations of Doctor Who over the years. And uh, we had the amazing uh, Samantha Lee and David J. Howe, uh, both amazing authors. Um, Samantha's new book. It was great. Um, great talking to them about everything. You'll hear it in the interviews. And um, just basically was a beautiful convention. Fans were very happy. Uh, I, being a fan, was extremely happy. Uh, Ken Deep did an amazing job this year with the show. It was held at the... Um, the Holiday Inn in Holtzville, and again, it was a lovely little convention. I would say about uh, 500 people, and uh, it it was really good. It, as Ken says, it was enough to be uh, successful, and uh, yet uh, enough so that everyone wasn't rushed around. Uh, the photo ops was great. You got to meet the people instead of being, a, you know, being rushed through like cattle. Um, and uh, everybody uh, played well with everybody. So, again, this convention's coming back to the same venue in August of 2023. So I'm looking forward to that. Um and once again, very, very pleased with this convention being a fan. So that's about it. So everybody out in Doctor Who land had a real good treat this weekend at this convention. And that's the wrap-up. So we're going back to you in the studio, Mark. Take it ace. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week.
You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.